Hi, welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a patriot to the natural world, and a person having a good hair day. <laughs> Behind the glass is Sam. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. Good morning, and good morning to you, and thank you for listening. Um, Hey, we are live today. We've been doing a lot of tape shows, but right now we're live, and we would love to hear from you, love for you to call in. The phone number is 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. And in studio with me are two uh, co-founders, co-founders of High Bar, H-I-B-A-R, Dion Hughes and um, Nora Shopper. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Okay, so tell us what High Bar is. High Bar is a solid shampoo and conditioner. Um, it's, uh, made to get rid of plastic. So there's no plastic packaging. Um, we started this, um, four or so years ago working on this idea. Uh, it was inspired by a trip to Mexico, a family vacation we had down south of Tulum. And, uh, we stayed on a a piece of beach that was sort of the beautiful coral sand that you kind of expect. Um, but where the property lines finished on either side, um, was just plastic as far as the eye could see, literally as far as the eye could see. And I was um, just really struck by, um, anybody would be, by um, is that really the way the world is, that uh, our beach is clean because somebody got up at 4.30 in the morning to rake it for the tourists and everywhere else is covered in plastic. Um, and um, I was uh, think I was back in Minneapolis in my shower um, contemplating, meditating as one does in a, in a shower and I looked over and saw all of the plastic bottles that I was using and went, well, I'm a hypocrite and why does it have to be this way? Um, so I started to think about, um, I actually started to look for a, a non-plastic shampoo and conditioner and couldn't find one that I liked. Um, and so I started to think about what that would, you know, how, how could you get rid of plastic in the, in, the, in the bathroom? And I happened to be at a party at some friends' places. And, and uh, I bumped into, um, I think it was Jay's husband, uh, Nora's husband, um, Jay. And I said, so how's the bath bomb business going? They've got a, they had a, a bath bomb business called Bodylish. And they said, well, it's really exciting. We're, um, we're actually going to pivot a little bit and we're going to start working on getting rid of plastic in the bathroom. And I'm like, well, no kidding. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nora. Hi. Yeah, so um, my background is similar. You know, I was trying to get rid of plastic in the products we were creating through Bodylish um, and really focused on quality ingredients and, you know, making it as natural and food grade, honestly, as possible. And uh, I have a background with awareness around the environment, with um, my sister being an environmental scientist and my father being an environmental engineer. And so I was just real aware of the pollution and the things that were happening. And so we were trying to formulate as well without plastic, and um, then we ran into Dion. You know, and I consider myself pretty aware and very concerned about the environment. And until I bought this soap, I wasn't even thinking about it. I mean, all of a sudden, I turn in my bathroom, and it's like all I see is plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's um, I, I brought this book in. The um, this is like the the touchstone book for plastic called uh, Plastic: A Toxic Love Story, and the first uh, by Susan Frankel's. And the the first chapter of that, she starts off going. Um, what I what I wanted to do was um, make a note of every single piece of plastic that I touched in my day, and by I think she says something like by by eight thirty in the morning she's like okay this is this is just you know uncontrollable there's so much plastic from from you know the the toilet seat to, to doorknobs to etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just everywhere. And so out this week, uh, more research. Um, so there was groundbreaking research was a joint effort by Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute and the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and the results surprised the team. They found nearly identical concentrations of microplastic particles near the surface and in the deepest water surveyed. Perhaps more startling, they found roughly four times the concentration of microplastic particles in the mid-range of water. All animals sampled had microplastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? What I does mean, it mean? Well, I mean, that's, you know, so, so the, plastic, the plastic that 
hits the headlines is the visually dramatic plastic that's floating around in the middle of the ocean that, you know, ends up in the bellies of albatross and whales and so forth and wrapped around turtles. Those are the things that get the headlines and, and um, tragic, but, but also glad that something like that is so apparent. Um, but what's really happening is all of that plastic, of course, is is uh, degrading, not decomposing. So it's it's breaking up into little little pieces. Um, so that microplastic is now sinking down um, in in the water column and being consumed by small like invertebrates and so forth. And then those invertebrates are eaten by bigger animals and bigger animals. And and that's so now it's in the food chain. The pl- the microplastics are in the food chain. And so um, tests have um, confirmed that liver and cell damage and disruptions to reproductive systems, you know, we don't know what all this microplastic does to um, life and our cells. We're no, unaware. We no, we don't. And, uh, you know, it's if, – if anybody's ever had a, 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 a baby premature, my two daughters were born a little premature and so they were in the little incubators for a little while. They had – um, plastic pipes to um, provide nutrition and and that just there's a little bit of um, chemical you know passing those chemicals into their bodies and so we've all got it we've all been exposed to it um, you know all of these polymers were invented with that, with convenience and the incredible flexibility and purpose of plastic but there's a lot of stuff that we don't know and there's a lot of stuff that was not really thought of in terms of the design of all of these products all of these systems Right. Um, half of all plastics ever manufactured have been made in the last 15 years, and production is expected to double by 2050. That's crazy. Yeah, that's – I mean, you know, our small little world. I mean, the, the shower is small, the shampoos are small, but still there's um, half a billion bottles, empty bottles of shampoo conditioner thrown away in the United States every year. Um, the – it's, it's – um, it's just an incredible problem, and 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 when we started, we were not sure. We were kind of, you know, Susan Frankel published this book in two thousand nine or so. Uh, we started to think about this two thousand fourteen fifteen. We felt we were early. We felt that, and we had a lot of advice that people are like, "Well, does anybody really care about this? It's not really. There's a very fringe awareness and." Now we feel like we're almost a little bit late to it. Like, you know, a lot of people are waking up to this problem. Um, Our thesis around this was that um, at some point in the future, um, this will become a mainstream issue. If we're making plastic, more and more of it every year, and we still suck as bad as we do at recycling, um, and we're already reading headlines about the whales and the albatross and now the microplastics, then that's just going to get worse and worse every year until someone somewhere figures out or redesigns the systems, the products. We redesign our habits, how we consume, what we use, what we buy. At some point, it's going to become a mainstream issue, and and um, and that's when it'll, that's when things will change. So let's talk a little bit about High Bar, the product itself. So um, what is it that, that that's on the market right now? What are you selling it? Uh, we, it's a, a – I'm sorry. It's a solid bar. So both of the, the shampoos and the conditioners are solid. Um, it's a nice – it fits in the palm of your hand um, uh, with a lot of intentionality around the, the shape of it. Um, you know, a shower is an enjoyable experience and so – um, people like a product that um, that smells nice, that feels luxurious, that obviously works in their hair. Um, so we we spent a lot of time in the formulation, um, not just in terms of getting rid of chemicals. I mean, our our early audience are an aware audience. Um, they're already because they're looking to get rid of plastic. Now those same people are also very aware of what the ingredients are. They're people who read what ingredients are. And then they're not going to put certain chemicals on their body anywhere or in their homes. So we knew we needed to meet that level just in terms of um, ingredient integrity. Um, and But then again, and then as well as that, um, to, to reach a mass audience, which is what we want to do to make the impact that we want to make, um, we have to have a product that actually – um, works in your hair and makes you have a and great it does. hair day. It really, it does. I, I am having great hair day. And I, I said, I, I stumbled on you guys, and I know you got a lot of buzz, you know, the Star Tribune and some other buzz, but I stumbled on you somehow um, weeks earlier. So I bought it right away because local company, no plastic, bang. And But the product looks 
You're looking, you're looking fabulous. How, what do you think? No, we're having a little trouble with our Facebook feed, but hopefully we'll get it up here soon, and, and then people can check out the hair. Because the one thing I did uh, did notice is my hair felt really soft, and I had someone else. Um, it, so it does actually help your hair feel very, very soft. We've actually heard that feedback, that people have used the High Bar product and then go somewhere, and people are complimenting their hair. They're like, wow, you look great. Your hair looks so fabulous. And they're... You know, soft and shiny and healthy feeling. It's really amazing. Well, and in times of economic despair, total collapse, you know, some guy who lost the popular vote by $3 million and then lied about it. You know, all the time of the drama, we need both good hair and good solutions, right? <laughs> so right. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, and, and you actually are doing this. This is what is so fun. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm eager to hear the rest of the story because I'm sure there, it's, it's not really an easy thing to have created a new product. No, it's not easy. Um, it's been a lot of fun, though. I have to say. I mean, if you, if you, uh, for us, we keep whenever we get lost in this, Laura, we we come back to what we're trying to do, which is inspire people to get rid of plastic in their in their homes and their lives, um, and and so us living that gets us through the hard times and actually makes it really exciting when we have little moments of breakthrough and 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 finally developing a product. I mean when we when we started on this, we connected with people who were professionals in hair care and we described to them what we were looking to do. And they were like, well I don't think that's gonna work. Just chemically that's not going to work. Um, and it, it, you know, we kept on working on it, and it seemed did to be it working. anyway. Did it anyways. <laughs> that sounds great. We gotta have a new day. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We are live. Time for your calls: 952-946-6205. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. I'm Candy Braffel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners 
homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stallion. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland, a student of permaculture, a patriot to the natural world, and a person having a good day because I use High Bar, which is a, a locally um, a, a local shampoo and conditioner um, done without plastics. And in studio with us today um, are two co-founders, Deanne Hughes and Nora um, Shopper. Um, and um, one of the things when we were talking earlier is, I mean, when we see all these plastics and we all the stories about the microplastic in the ocean now and these whales that are dying of all the plastic. I just want to hate plastic, right? Mm-hmm. Is it all about hating plastic? Yeah, it's. Um, I think that there's, there's clearly a range of emotions from I'm not even aware of it, I don't care, um, I like it, Andy Warhol said I want to be plastic, um, to people who absolutely hate it and see it as toxic and something that just shouldn't exist in the world. Um, when it was first invented, I mean, it's a polymer, it's a science, it's an incredibly flexible, useful material. It's just the way that we have come to use it in, in a kind of a convenient throwaway kind of a way. I mean, if I look around the studio right now, mm-hmm. I, I, we could probably just reach out and within 30 seconds touch 50 pieces of stuff that are made from plastic that we're like, okay, well, are we, are we going to get rid of your computer and the microphone and the wires and... You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a useful, of course, very useful material. Um, our premise with High Bar is that, um, is that people want convenience and beauty and um, they want a product that is, is well-priced, smells good, without the plastic. And apply that to everything that we see and touch and buy. How can we redesign those categories, those products, those systems, those habits to be just as enjoyable, um, just as rich, just as human, but just get rid of the stuff that's really damaging the planet. Um, And it's going to take a lot of, uh, it's going to take government, it's going to take legislation, it's going to take lobbying, it's going to take entrepreneurs like us and millions of others. It's going to take um, all of us to make conscious choices in what we buy. So buy the one that's not in the plastic packaging. You know, my local co-op started to stock my favorite milk in plastic bottles and I stopped buying it. You know, it's, well, I don't know why they suddenly put it in a plastic bottle. I, I like the little carton, right? Right. Um, so it, it's, it's stuff like that. Uh, I, so I don't think that plastic in itself is evil. If you fly on a plane, if you ever get a hip replacement, if you have, my, in my case, um, kids who come along a little early, you're going to be pretty thankful for plastic. Um, it's really the single-use – there's a quote that I love, which is that single-use plastic is a failure of design. Single-use plastic is a failure of design. So what does that mean? That means that um, really design at its very, very best needs to think about the current and future state. And um, and the way plastic has been – the way um, plastic has been designed into the system did not think about the negative – aspects of having a product, an ingredient plastic, that is cheap, flexible, and durable. The durable part is what, um, great, so we've got products that sit on shelves in a durable, lightweight, cheap um, packaging material. Bad news, that stuff's durable and lasts for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's it's almost impossible to recycle. There's a t- only tiny percent of stuff actually truly gets recycled. Right. I um I love this one quote from E.O. Wilson. What we need is the unrelenting application of reason, a basic sense of kindness, and an understanding of who we are to create a perfect paradise. And we look at the whole system, and what we're doing to the planet is obviously insane. Mm-hmm. We have insane travel. It's just we're living in an insane and almost mean time, you know. So people just seem it seems to be popular to be mean to each other. And so how do we how do we in this in this atmosphere how do we do something that's that is rational because it, it's just it's it is totally insane when you start looking up at the environmental cost of everything. To me, it's a lot about awareness, and you have to see products that aren't in plastic, and you have to say, oh wow, there's a you know that's a, what a great idea I hadn't thought of that. But my plastic bottles, like you said, you go home and you look in the shower and you're like, wow, it's covered with plastic. So just seeing something demonstrated or seeing someone doing it in a different way, 
and building awareness that, wow, this is a problem and starting to do different things in your life is, is you know. And how we scaled it up. Now, the Minneapolis Farmer's Market is awesome because, you know, they've been reducing plastic bags for a long time. And then the city of Minneapolis was had a temporary um, mm-hmm. experiment with the plastic bag, uh, banning plastic bags. Where is that at? Well, I think that they pulled it uh, and they haven't banned plastic bags, but I know that, you know, when they brought it up to vendors at farmers markets, they were starting to think, how are we going to do this differently and come up with solutions? And, you know, I th- I think part of the problem was is they had trouble coming up with solutions because they can just pull a plastic bag and it's so inexpensive and, you know, but one of the keys about the farmers market that I love is people are, more and more people are coming with their own baskets, with their own, you know, bags, um, and they they don't need to take that. That's I think that if you see other people doing that, then you're like, wow, I can bring my own bag. And I actually did that recently with takeout food. I w- ordered takeout, but I brought my own containers, and they were a little thrown at first, uh-huh. but they went with it. And I think if more people, you know, the whole store realized, wow. You can bring your own containers, and we have to weigh them separately and learn the process. Then we can start making changes in that way. And that's one reason why I love to uh, I love to buy from the bulk section at the co-op. You know, mm-hmm. once you're used to that, you buy the bulk section, then you're not dealing with all that packaging. You're not contributing to that. So going to Seward Co-op. And right now, joining us by phone is Sergio. Sergio's from Minneapolis. Um, hi, Sergio. Oh, I'm sorry. The call dropped. So, Sergio, can you please call back in? Um so did you want to give a little background on Sergio? Yes, I'm glad Sergio's um, calling in. Um, this is one of those things where I, I just feel like this is an idea that's looking to find its way into the world. Um, we were talking to uh, an, an associate at one of our um, really best uh, retail outlets, and um, we were. she said, oh, you've got to meet this guy, Sergio. I'm like, Sergio? Yeah, he's this guy from Easter Island. He's made a movie about plastic on Easter Island. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, he lives in Minneapolis. And I'm like, wow, what are the chances of that? <laughs> so good morning, Sergio. Um, tell us about your movie about Easter, Ni- East- Easter Island. Oh, yeah, sure. Hi, good morning. Um, <clears throat> no, I... Um, I uh, I'm from uh, Easter Island. It's a small island in the, in the South Pacific. We made a documentary um, about present-day issues there. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, funny enough, uh, the issues that we are dealing with there um, it have to do with plastic. Um, you know, it's, we are in a part of the world where um, a lot of those microplastics that you guys are talking about gather uh, just because of the currents in the ocean. And so... Um, on the shores of this tiny little island, you know, there's like 10,000 people that live there, we get plastic products from around the world, uh, which, which is uh, pretty amazing and kind of sad to see also. Um, but I, I actually, I, I met uh, Deanna a while back, uh, and I love high, the high bar products. So I just wanted to call in um, and really just talk about, like, you know, the, the travel industry, too. I mean, I, I think that what high bar is doing um, is is... Uh, something that I I hope that you know the the travel industry mainly hotels and things you know start thinking about too. Uh, I, I travel a lot for my work, um, and um, I've started you know bringing high bar along with me. Uh, it's super easy to get through TSA with it because there's there's no liquids, and then. Um, you know, you get to the hotel. Sergio, and, we're, uh, Sergio we're going to need to take a little bit of a break, um, but we're going to come back, and I want to talk more to you about Easter Island and uh, yeah. how we travel and how do we change things. What's this world global consequences to the way that we are in the world, and how do we how do we jive with a better place? You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. So come and turn. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens is the first green cemetery in Minnesota. It's a beautiful, peaceful place where burials are celebrations of life with as little impact on the environment as possible. Tony Weber founded it because he wants to leave a green legacy for his grandchildren, something many of us might feel. Learn more. Visit the website mngreengraves.com. Give them a call. The goal is so meaningful, so positive, it might be right for you. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. I'm Connie Bjork, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind-body-spirit-emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, 
joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can go solar with all energy solar, even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth? For one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today will be sunny, the high near 88, while tonight's mostly clear, with a low around 62. Tomorrow, chance of storms with a high near 75. Monday, sunny with a high near 75. And Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 77. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Burger Moe's. Located in downtown St. Paul, Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before or after XL Energy events. Come visit them at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul or more info at burgermoes.com. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. In studio with us are the co-founders of High Bar, uh, a shampoo and conditioner without plastic. How cool is that? Um, and uh, joining us by phone is a super cool person. I'm really excited to hear more from Sergio. Okay, Sergio, you are from Eastern I- Easter Island. Um, so that's a place famous for those statues. You want to tell us a little bit about Easter Island? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Easter Island is located in the South Pacific. Uh, very few people can kind of find it on a map because it's so tiny. You can drive across it in about 20 minutes. Mm. Um, but it takes a five-hour flight from Tahiti to get there. So it's, it's pretty tiny. Um, uh, there's about 10,000 people that live there. Uh, we get massive amounts of tourists, you know, as, as uh, most people know, because of the giant statues that um, my ancestors built a long, long time ago there. Um, but I, um, I actually, you know, learned about uh, High Bar uh, here in Minneapolis, uh, where I live, uh, because we've recently finished a, a documentary about just um, a lot of the environmental problems that are happening on Easter Island. Uh, and a lot of those uh, really have to do with uh, globalization and, and the amount of plastic that remains on the island, not only because of the, the food that we're consuming there and that the, that the tourists are consuming there, but also just this, the microplastics in the oceans that wash up on shore. So tell us about your documentary and how people can find out more about it. Yeah, sure. Um, well, the, the documentary is called Eating Up Easter. Uh, it had its uh, Minnesota premiere here at uh, the Minneapolis Film Festival, and it's kind of doing a, a festival round um, through, throughout the country. Uh, and then uh, early next year, it's going to be on uh, PBS's Independent Lens. Uh, we're not quite sure yet, uh, but uh, you know, people can go on Facebook uh, and go to our page, Eating Up Easter, um, and uh, we will kind of post where people can watch it. Cool. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, heard about this movie. We, we'd been researching some movies to do a um, kind of an Earth Day event. Um, we ended up not doing it, but uh, the movies that we'd seen seemed kind of um, they're beautiful, but they're a little bit worthy, and they they treat plastic as a clear evil. Um, and what I and it's almost like there are no people in these in these documentaries. And and uh, what I I loved about Sergio's film is that it really showed it in a very human context of um, of an ancient culture. Um, that had um, survived and thrived in a really beautiful remote part of the world. Um, and then the, the 20th century came crashing on their shores. Um, and, um, and all of the complexity that happens there is that um, people start to do better economically because of, of, the, of the tourist industry. Um, and so there's good and bad that comes with that. There are, there are new ideas, but there are, there's waste and there's you know, jet jetfuls of people coming in every single day into this little dot in the middle of the Pacific. So it, to me, it's, you know, it, it sounds like it's, you know, the Easter Island is this remote place, but I think it's a really clear example or a de demonstration of what's happening all over the world. It's not a remote um, problem. It's a very present everywhere problem. Yeah, Sergio, I would love to hear more from you. Just what it was like growing up on Eastern Easter Island, and what were you, what you were witnessing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that change between you know my childhood and now is really what motivated us to make the film. Um, uh, when I grew up there, I mean when I was really young, we had uh, one flight, uh, maybe two or three weeks. Um, today we have 15 flights a day. Wow. Um, back then we had, uh, dirt roads. There were about 2000 people that lived there. Uh, today we have, uh, beautifully paved roads, um, traffic jams, but <laughs> funny enough, even though we, we don't have, uh, any stoplights. Um, and, uh, um, you know, we, we have about 10,000 people. So, um, you know, as, as, as Dion said, it's, it's, uh, it, the, the story of Easter Island is really the story of, of many different places, um, uh, not only islands, but also just small communities that all of a sudden start growing in population, start, start growing in popularity, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> unfortunately now I'm either uh, stuck in a traffic jam in Minneapolis or sometimes I'm <laughs> stuck in a traffic jam in, in, uh, on Easter Island, you know, the most remote island in the Pacific. Um, and 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 the tra funny enough, the, the traffic jams uh, have to do with you know people's habit and a change in habit, um, and it, and I think it really sort of applies to you know our plastic problem too. Like we um, more cars are imported every day into the island because uh, they're great to rent to tourists. You know, tourists can rent them and sort of uh, journey around the island. Uh, people uh, who live on the island. Uh, need them to kind of get around and do their shopping as opposed to in the past they would walk or ride a horse but that now that kind of takes too long um, and so you know in in the same way um, I find myself uh, um, like I identifying plastic in the places that uh, provide sort of some easy benefit to me you, you know I'm like oh shoot I'm really thirsty, I'm, I'm out of my house, I'm going to go buy some water. That's in a plastic bottle. Oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm running late. Uh, I got to pick up some takeout for the kids. Oh, that's going to be in a plastic container. So, you, you know, it almost like if we dialed back Easter Island, at least, you know, 20, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we were a lot more sustainable back then, but life was a lot slower, right? So, mm -hmm. I think it's really just kind of a, a balance of getting back to something in between. Um, and what, what I, I guess what, what I really enjoy about this conversation, too, is, is this, this sense of, um, like, what, what do we do with, these, with plastic and these products? Um, I, I, you, you, look at, you look at the back of a lot of these plastic products and you see that, you know, the famous little triangle, reduce, reuse, recycle, and I would say everyone, me being probably one of the worst, always defaults to recycle. Oh, I'm just going to use this, this uh, soap bottle, 
And when I'm done with it, I'll throw it in the blue bin, and like magic, magically it'll disappear. Um, but that that's not happening. You know, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> China's not buying the plastic. Um, it's not really happening anymore. And so, really, I think dialing it back to the first thing of reduce is is maybe a good way forward. And high bar does that because, you know, we're we're not we're reducing our, our use in plastic in general. And so uh, you also travel a lot, and so the travel agents say, and, and I, I want to finish the story, too. With, so, so now Easter, Easter Island is filled with plastic. So what happens with the plastic that the tourists bring? Well, um, uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, so there's, we, we have kind of two big plastic products. One are the actual products that um, either tourists bring or that are just brought into the island because of the food packaging, you know, uh, like we, we produce very little of our own food on the island. I would say like 70% of it is brought in from uh, Chile, uh, which is a five-hour flight away. And, and, uh, and all of that, in order to keep it, you know, fresh and clean and everything, obviously, like needs to be in some sort of packaging. Most of it is plastic. Uh, so the, the island um, has tried to... Um, manage it by setting up a really good recycling program, um, which kind of spurred our interest in figuring out what this was. But do you, do you know what recycling on an island is? It's, it's basically you take all these uh, plastic products, you package them together in sort of the, the same flavor of plastic that they are, and then you ship them back to another place in the world and hope, hope that they will somehow turn it into a new bottle or something like that. So it, it, it doesn't really, we're not really recycling, turning it into something new on the island. We're just hoping to like ship our trash off the island again. Um, the, the other plastic problem is, is the microplastics, these tiny little fragments of plastic that uh, float in the ocean that eventually make it onto our shores. Um, and that, you know, is really just kind of difficult um, to get rid of. Uh, the majority of our shore is rocky. And so if you, you can imagine these tiny little pieces of plastic stuck between giant sharp boulders and little rocks. Like, how do you pull that out of the rocks? You know, well, it's, and there, it's hard to do. This week there's a, a, a release of a groundbreaking study from a Monterey Bay Aquarium about the microplastics in the ocean, and they're surprised it's much higher than they thought. And here's a quote. It may be virtually impossible to remove existing microplastics from the deep sea. But when we slow the flow of plastics from land, we can help prevent increasing accumulation of plastic in our global ocean. So this is a global problem with plastics, but some people are making a lot, a lot of money off of this stuff. And they just operate with, if I make money, or or, or, what, or, or are we all operating under that? Maybe that's the more powerful position instead of blaming and shaming someone else is like, how can I do, how do I take responsibility for the fact of all this microplastic in my ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, I think it does come down to that. You know, the the, the companies, the big companies, petrochemical companies, are going are very very um, dedicated to the success of their product. Of course, they are, um, and we have control over the success of that product by not buying it. Um, so, if we start to choose stuff that doesn't isn't packaged in plastic, if we start to think about um, takeout and all of the sort of where the ones who are doing this, we are are choosing convenience over the over tomorrow, um, and we just have to you know we want to design a product that help that is as convenient, so people don't have to make that choice. And I think that there is a role of entrepreneurs to look at all the places, all the opportunities that there are to redesign products that still deliver convenience to people so that at least they don't have to do that part themselves. But then there's also that mindful and part on the consumer mindful. side. And, and Sergio, I also want to kind of bring up this ancient wisdom part too because you're part of a long lineage of people and ancestors and this obligation towards future generations. How It's about being part of a, a circle and not taking everything for ourselves right now is that is that part of it, Sergio? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I believe so. You know, I, again, like this is sort of my my interpretation of it. But our 
our shift into making the movie also came when we um, had children. You know, when when you become a parent, and I'm and I'm slowly learning this. All of a sudden, you know, it's it doesn't it's not about you. Like you start doing everything for your children, um, and so thinking about the world that they will live in, you know, it has really motivated us to try and find some solutions. It just it, even internally, you know, in our home to to reduce our impacts on the planet. Um, when it comes to Easter Island. In our culture there, um, it, 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 a lot of it stemmed from that because we're, we're very much, um, we're, it's, the statues were basically built as representations of our ancestors. You know, this sort of uh, uh, responsibility to look back at your parents, but then also sort of preserve the future. Preserve the future. We're going to need to take a break again. You're listening to AM 950. We're live. 952-946-6205. Eat fresh and support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmers Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables meats and farmstead goods. It's not too late to pick up plants and flowers. Also, fresh at the market is asparagus, rhubarb, and green onions. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., plus there's additional locations Tuesdays at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. Total Dog Company has a great rewards program. It's called the Frequent Barker Card. You earn punches on the card based on the amount you spend, one punch for every $10. After you get 12 punches, you can redeem the card for $10 off a purchase. Everything we sell qualifies, so you get points and use points on things you really want. The Frequent Barker Program at Total Dog Company in New Hope, right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North, and at TotalDogCompany.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com The dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. Hi, friends. I've been talking to you about Minnesota's first green cemetery, Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's an entirely new way of looking at our last earthly step. Burials are designed to have as little impact on the environment as possible. For many of us, a continuation of the commitment we made during our lifetime. Let me suggest you go to the website, mngreengraves.com. Explore what it is. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's a lovely place, a peaceful place. Minnesota's first green cemetery. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. OP. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hetland, and in studio with us are the co-founders of Hibar, H-I-B-A-R, a shampoo and conditioner that doesn't use plastic. So it's a, you, it's a great little container. And when we went on break, we're also by phone, is Sergio, who is from Easter Island. And um, he has produced a documentary about plastic use on Eastern Easter Island. And uh, before break, he was talking about how having a child really impacted him. And that's one thing we want to share is it's our children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all the founders of, of uh, High Bar um, have young or teenage kids. 
Um, and uh, I don't remember when I was a child growing up um, being as exposed to media um, as my children are, and and whatever that media was, was not as filled with negative stories about, like, really sort of end-of-the-world type stories about climate and environment and so forth. Um, and and I, I, I do think that as, as much as we try to um, manage the exposure um, of uh, media to our kids, it's inescapable that, that, that they are, that they see those messages and feel those messages. And um, boy, being a child and, and hearing that, you know, the world is coming to an end and each one of my kids at one point or another has cried and asked me, is it all over? They have this kind of, and so to, to, to me as a father, it's, 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 it's right up there. My number one priority is to, um, fight for them and to show them that there is plenty of cause for optimism, that the world, w that we will solve these problems. These are solvable problems. Plastic is a, it seems like it's just, it's never going to stop. We can't solve it, but we can. We, it, it only started 50, 60 years ago. The, the, the convenience of plastic, the kind of throwaway nature of plastic only began after World War II. It's a new problem. So we can, we can solve this thing. I, I and I want to demonstrate to my kids just that, that, that there is a power in optimism and there's a power in problem solving, that we can solve this stuff. Power? <laughs> power, exactly. <laughs> power. What do you think of power, that idea of power, Sergio? Do we have the power to make a difference? Um, yeah, I think, you know, we are the, the masters of kind of our own domain, and I, you know, at my domain right now is this, uh, tiny little house in Minneapolis with uh, a bunch of running, you know, kids running around. So I, I can definitely, you know, construct and create a world for them, at least while they're young, that reduces that, you know, that, that impact that we have, and then in that way teaches them. Um, and, I, and I think then they sort of carry that on if they want to into, into their lives. Uh, I think there is, you know, in speaking of power, there's also this balance that has to happen sort of in local and, and federal governments to, you know, to have conversations with, with bigger uh, companies and, and producers uh, about the same topic. And so I'm going to do a shout-out to our wonderful sponsor, Sewer Co-op, Minneapolis Farmers Market, Sitka Share. Um, they're working directly with the farm, uh, with the uh, your fisher person to get your fisher. That's Sitka Shares. We'll have them on in a few weeks. And uh, Ferndale Turkey. And and so this local economy, um, Highbrower, it is actually about power. Um, I have, if anyone wants to look at statistics, there's, and there's a kind of a funny video about the, just how insane trade is these days. Um, and this is from localfutures.org. So when you, when anyone seems to understand one thing deeply, whether it's the plastic use, whether it's pesticide use, whether it's the soil quality, um, health of children, inequities, when we get deep into facts, it can be paralyzing with how incredibly insane we are right now. I mean, it really can. It can feel, and you were talking earlier about someone you know that was an environmental science scientist and how hard it is. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know all the information. And like, like Dion had said, you know, it's, it's in the media and it's, it's dire and it has to be dire because you need people to act, you know, so it does make an impact, but you do have the power to choose what you're buying, like we had talked about, and to, you know, demonstrate ways to do it differently. Well, and I think ultimately we have our power to create our own economy, but the odds are kind of stacked against us. I mean, mm -hmm. they really are. And, and I think even understanding that it's it's almost a design problem, mm -hmm. not like I'm the failure because I'm not doing enough or, you know, all these things that we take into ourselves, but it's how do we redesign the system, which is what's cool about you guys. You guys have come up with a product and you're redesigning the system, as is all the other wonderful sponsors we have. So how do we wake up to our power and create products and economics, how we feed ourselves in a way that um, makes a smile for our well, children. Well, I think that is the way you redesign. I, mean, I don't know how to redesign a system. I do know that if you redesign one thing, and if many, 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 many people redesign that one thing that they care about, then the system will be redesigned. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I like that. And that actually sounds kind of easy. <laughs> it does, because you you know look around, find a problem, and solve it, mm -hmm. right? 
as an entrepreneur, that's that's what I would say to people. And as a as a consumer, as a person who buys stuff, look at what you're doing, look at what you're buying, and 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 make the changes that you care about. No judgments, just do something. That cool. is one of those quotes I've heard too. That if, if we don't need you to be perfect, you just need to do what you can. And if everybody does what they can, it makes a big difference. It does. And I, I, I actually, it was nice to finally get in the garden. And after, you know, my community garden's up, I did all that planting. And just the feeling I had from being in the soil and that, that grounding. So it's the sun is out, um, take a walk in the woods. And there is an event coming up because um, also how we do this in community. Um, Minnesota Pachamama community, uh, they have an event on Monday, June 10th from 7 to 9. And it's called Guard Your Hope Listening Circle. Um, and that is at St. Kate's. And that's the Minnesota Pachamama community. So it's also getting in community and figuring out how we can do these things together. Right. So we have only two more minutes left. What else do you want to tell people in the last two minutes? Oh gosh. Um, well, you can uh, you can buy our products at uh, lots of the co-ops in town. Um, I'm not sure if one of your sponsors has our products on the shelf yet, but uh, we're in a lot of different places. Uh, we're also on our website, hellohighbar.com. Hello High Bar. Hello High Bar. Um, my Australian accent is hello High Bar. <laughs> <clears throat> B-A-R.com. Um, uh, but like I say, lots of the co-ops. Um, the tear uh, market. The tear market, T-A-R-E. Zero waste. Zero waste people A who are really, really the thought leaders, I think, in, in um, this whole area of re- rethinking how, what we buy, how we buy. Great. And then, Sergio, you want to tell people again how they can learn about uh, the documentary you made about plastic use on Easter Island? Yeah, you know, um, just uh, Facebook, Eating Up Easter. Eating uh, up Easter. There, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a very entertaining movie. I think it's a very thought-provoking, uh, enjoyable, and uh, also distressing movie. It's. It's. It's a really well-done piece of piece of film. Thoughtful and distressing. I yes. Know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's know if you approve that, Sergio. It's a positive. It's a positive film at the end. We wanted it to be positive because there's just way too many negative things in the world right now and I feel like in our film and also with what High Bar is doing you know, you have to think in the positive. You can't do it because of the bad stuff. You have to think about, hey, this is the place that I want the world to be in. Yeah, the real the reality provides plenty of the bad news, right? <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's our job to be the good news. Our job to be the good news. I think I can do that. It's our job to get the love light burning. <laughs> and your hair will look great. Oh, my hair will look great. Yeah, my hair does look great. It's nice and soft, too. So, hi, Bar. So, you've been listening to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. Uh, and thank you, uh, Sergio and Dion. And uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Bring it good over here.